0: Man, that music just gets me in the mood for some CICcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again this week. It is Episode 7 of the CICcast. I'm your host, Joel Cookson got some great discussion on tap for you this week, starting with John Reisder, who's the girls tennis coach at Fairfield Ludlow, also one of the tournament directors for the CIAC tournament. We've got sports reporter Vicki Fulkerson of the New London Day. She covers all sorts of things out there and in New London. She's going to talk some softball. And then Mary Albo of the New Hagen Register is going to break down some girls lacrosse. So we're happy to have all those folks with us this week, which should be an excellent edition of the CIAC cast. So we're going to quickly get things going here and start it off with our favorite returning segment, Things You Might Have Missed on CIACsports.com. One thing you can check out now that we're starting to get some spring sports results, The CIAC playoff rankings are available in most of the spring sports on the CIACsports.com. You can check those out. Go to any of your spring sports that you want to check out and then click on the schedules rankings tabs and those will all be there for you. You've also got breakdowns of the various conference rankings, uh, which are all unofficial, but they have all there for you based on the results that have been entered into the CIAC system. So a good way to track who's doing what, what results have come in on the ciac sports website also a story posted on ciac a little bit of a uh, a technical sort of story but a good one to keep track of the NFHS has changed a rule regarding padding in the box area for pole vault. So certainly any ruling that can uh, lead to a little bit better safety for our student-athletes is something we want to keep track of. So you can check out that story as well on CIACsports.com. And I mentioned last week we're going to try to get back to a regular posting schedule for some of our recurring features on the CIAC website. So the return of the eye on the CIAC was posted on Monday. That's a weekly Monday feature recapping noteworthy events and results from the previous week. We also take a look at those rankings that I mentioned before sort of see who's moving up, who's moving down every week and also discuss ways that fans can check out CIAC action either on TV or online in the coming week. So Hope you'll continue to check out the Eye on the CIAC. That is back after a little bit of a hiatus after the close of the winter season. Hopefully we'll have that posted every Monday. Usually Monday afternoon is when that finds its way up onto CIACsports.com. So just a few things you might have missed there on the CIAC website. Hope you'll check all that out. Again, obviously, you can find all the links to the CIAC cast there as well, including the iTunes link so you can subscribe and make sure you just get all these wonderful podcasts downloaded whenever they are posted new on CIACsports.com. So that's about all it for things you might have missed. Let's get into our discussions for this week. Last week, obviously, we mentioned we ended up focusing on three boys' spring sports and kind of previewing the season, breaking things down a little bit for those. Now we had turned our attention to some girls' competition. It's sort of an interesting note as I looked through results and records and things like that, preparing for the podcast, preparing to chat with our guests. Notice that we've got a few... Uh, girls sports for fans of round numbers will have some reaching some historical milestones for girls sports championships this spring the girls lacrosse championship this will be the 10th CIAC girls lacrosse championship taking place this spring in girls tennis we will have our 35th girls CIAC tennis championships when competition wraps up at the end of the spring and for softball it will actually be the 40th so we've got 10 35 and 40 although that softball one according to the record book the first year was unofficial i'm not entirely sure what's what the uh, story is behind that might be something worth investigating and trying to uh, solve that mystery but so some great birthdays if you will taking place for some of the girls ciac sports championships this spring certainly some memorable moments created over those times in all of those sports and we believe there will be some new ones created this spring as well And to get a sense for some of the teams that may be competing for those championships, some of the favorites, some of the athletes to watch. We reached out, as we've been doing, to some folks who've got a little bit more of an insight on some of these championship sports. We'll start off with a coach in the girls' tennis world, someone who keeps an eye on these things very closely for obvious reasons. He's also the tournament director for our CIAC Girls Tennis Championships, one of our tournament directors. So we reached out to him to talk a little bit about the upcoming girls' tennis season. I'm happy to be joined now by John Reisert, who is the girls' tennis coach at Fairfield Ludlow and also serves as one of the tournament directors for our CIAC girls' tennis uh, tournament. John, thanks very much for being with us.
1: Oh, you're welcome.
0: Uh, so wanted to get in touch with you to talk a little girls tennis here early on in the season. Obviously we're about a week or so into the competition, but just wanted to get your perspective on who are some of the, uh, some of the, the top contenders maybe for CIAC titles and, and teams that fans should be keeping an eye on this season.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, class S is is probably a division I have, uh, a little less experience with being that, um, in the FCAC, we don't have as many class S schools, but, um, certainly Stonington and, and Weston have been two of the top uh, teams coming out of the class F division and I' would expect they'd be um, in contention again this year um, the Class M division I think that um, the an early favorite would be a uh, sleeper team coming into the season certainly uh, Wilton high School having already um, they have a super freshman playing number one and um, you know as a team they're, they're pretty well stacked top to bottom um, they're going to be one of the, the strong teams in that class. Class M division, certainly coming, coming from, from our league here. Uh, Class L is a stacked division. Um, throughout the state, you, many of the, the strongest teams from the different leagues um, all compete head-to-head in the Class L tournament. Um, some of the teams that, that we're looking at um, in terms of being contenders uh, from our league, certainly you've got Frano Greenwich, New Canaan, um, Darien, ourselves, Ludlow should be in the mix this year. Newtown is, is the, the top team coming out of their conference, could be one of the top couple teams in the state. Amity is is the strongest team in their conference, and Glastonbury has found themselves in the semis and quarters the past couple of years, and, and they prove have proven to be a, a very strong team coming out of the their conference. So those would be some of the early favorites, I think, um, You know, in terms of teams for the state tournament.
0: Sure uh and as you said, obviously, some very deep competition should lead for some great uh some great regular season battles as you know some of these teams square off against each other. I know we just had a matchup uh, between uh, Greenwich and New Canaan just last week already uh squaring off there, so that was certainly a uh, a good contest who you you mentioned Wilton? are there any other teams that maybe have surprised you with the results you've seen so far or maybe you think could be a little bit of surprises as we go forward this year
1: um Wilton ahead, you know I think that Certainly the, the top teams uh, vary not as much as some other sports. Um, the heavy heavy hitters, so to speak, in tennis uh, tend to be somewhat consistent. As I said, um, you know, certainly the, the Wilton was a surprise team. We've only seen a few other teams on our schedule. Um, you know, as I look to some of the results, certainly um, you know, New Canaan uh, defeating Greenwich um, was probably an upset. You know, based on paper, the fact that New Canaan had lost to Staples previously. Yeah. Um, you know, Staples starting off at four and zero is a great start for them. And um, you know, a, kind of a surprising upset would be Wilton four three over Darien. Um, you know, having faced Wilton, knowing how strong they are, um, you know, that was really a, a strong showing for, from Darien's part, taking Wilton to a four three decision uh, just the other day.
0: Sure. Um, you know, obviously one of the uh... The interesting elements with tennis, um, along with the team championships, obviously there's also you know, um, individual, individual matchups sort of within each team and then the, the individual championships as well. Who are some of the premier players uh, across the state that fans can can check out over the course of the season? Who are some of the, the big names, maybe, that, the top-level talent that, that fans can keep an eye on?
1: Well, that list starts and, and basically ends with um, our three-time state uh, champion, Kenny Guerin, um, trying to be just the uh, the second ever to win four straight state championships, Patty Murin was the uh, the first and only to do that. Um, so she is, is without a doubt the heavy favorite. Um, but there are there are other contenders out there. Um, the state finalist uh, who was a freshman last year, uh, Caroline Kelly at of Newtown High School, um, always is back in the mix. And as a sophomore, you know should be a better player. A newcomer to the FCAC, um Anna Rogers. Um, could be in that, that mix of those top two or three as well. She's a, a test deployment player um, and should, should be in the mix. Uh, some other players that we expect to see there would be um, Danucci out of Glastonbury, um, uh, DeLuca, Jen DeLuca out of Greenwich High School, uh, my own player, Lindsay Evans, undefeated on the season, um, playing some, some excellent competition already, especially taking on Green Fires Academy in a, in a non-league scrimmage. Um, Maddie Stowe at uh, Wilton is a freshman, and, and she'll, she'll make a splash on the scene this year as well. Uh, those would be some of the top, top contenders, I would say, that should be making it pretty far into the individual tournament. And, of course, there's always um, a few sleepers, upsets, um, underdogs along the way. But those would be some of the big names that I would uh, speculate would be late in the tournament.
0: Yeah, that's obviously uh, – we we linked on the CIC website, the Norwalk Hour did a, did a great feature on uh, – on the the performer from Weston there, who's looking for the fourth straight championship, certainly a big story uh, to watch. Any other sort of interesting stories or, or interesting things that you know fans can can be tracking over the year? Anything sort of that uh, that jumps out at you as, as storylines or anything like that as the the season progresses this year?
1: Um, I would say, without a doubt, you know, this being my fifteenth year um, here in the FCAC, that this may be one of the uh, the best years for parity amongst the top teams. Um, while there's only two undefeated teams left this early in the season, um, this is one of the, the, the few times where I think there's probably three or four teams that, that on a given day could uh, could knock each other off. And, um, you know, in the past years, we've had a, a clear-cut undefeated team, one-loss team, two-loss teams that, you know, pretty much played for the chalk. Whereas this year, I, I think that we're seeing um, nice parity, and I think that it could be one of the most wide-open FCX, uh tournaments and draws that we've seen, seen in many years. Um, across the state, you know, I think some of the top teams, um, you know, Amity has already beaten Daniel Hand. Daniel Hand is always a strong program. Um, you know, those two are probably the top two teams from from their conference. And I believe Newtown has beaten Barlow, and and they've been the top two teams in their conference. So some of the the big head-to-head matchups have taken place already. But you know, beginning the season, end of the season, a lot of things can change. So um, I think that you know, a lot of tennis is have to be played out. But there's been some great early season matchups. In uh, several different conferences.
0: Yeah, and that's certainly fun, and then, you know, you always look forward to seeing if you get some of those rematches in the uh, the state tournament or in the conference tournaments that can, you know, show you how teams have improved or, or maybe taken a step back. Um, you know, one thing, obviously, I've been mentioning in, in a lot of these previews, unfortunately, talking to folks, uh, is the impact that, you know, weather can have, uh, you know, in the, uh, particularly in the spring, in terms of preparation. Have you found in talking to coaches that they feel like their teams have been, you know, reasonably well-prepared entering the season given the the harsh winter that we had and maybe the late start that teams got, have you had a feeling from coaches and, and yourself and other coaches that, that the preparation is where they'd like it to be, or do you think the team, coaches are thinking their teams still have some room for improvement at this point?
1: I would be willing to bet 100% of coaches all believe that there's room for improvement. Um, <laughs> The uh, the weather certainly was impactful. We we only lost one physical day um, of of practice time. It was actually during tryouts ourselves, and I know a few teams have or we were able to make provisions to get inside. Sure. Uh, the biggest impact certainly has been probably time on the court. Um, yeah. You know, with the with the weather conditions being as cold as they were, um, you know, I think that people just weren't able to put the hours in that they would have had the temperatures been 50s as opposed to 30s. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm sure that some teams you know are a little bit behind where they might have been in, in past years, but you know the the weather conditions were cold, not rain or snow for five days, which which would have really set some teams back. So yeah, um, it, it was a temperature-wise a difficult start to the season, but you know based on what could have been, um, you know I think we actually got through it fairly well. You know, a little extra more gloves and jackets and whatnot. Um, the tennis might not have been at the highest level, but but um, you know, teams are able to get out there and, and hit the ball, which is which is important for that first part of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, certainly teams, you know, having to adapt. But hopefully, as you said, you'll see uh, progress as the season moves along, and everybody feeling like their teams are are up to par, uh, or at least at the level that they want them to be. Once we get to the uh, the conclusion of the season and the championships, and hopefully the spring weather will cooperate for the uh, the remaining few months here. We'd certainly appreciate that. Uh, John Reisert, we appreciate you jumping on here, dealing with some technology challenges and uh, hopping in during your lunch break and chatting with us. We appreciate it, and good luck to your team this season.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, and thank you very much.
0: Much thanks there to John Reisert for his excellent information on girls' tennis and his persistence as he had to travel around the Fairfield Ludlow School trying to find a place with a good cell phone signal. So we managed to get that done. Appreciate his efforts there. And uh, as he mentioned, some good regular season competition there in girls' tennis. And if you want to be able to keep up with the regular season competition in any of your sports or keep up in general, if you go to on the CIAC website under the sports tab, there's an email and SMS updates tab. If you go there, you can get emails, you can get text messages, you can get SMS updates for all sorts of CIAC sports activities. Also, if you go under the Schedules, Results, and Rankings tab, there's a way to sign up for an RSS feed if you want to get the regular CIAC results as well. So that's a good way to keep track of whose teams are doing what. Now we move along quickly here to a very knowledgeable person who's going to bring us some information about softball as the softball season is underway. As well, so we reached out to an excellent sports writer from the New London Day. Well, I'm joined on the phone now by Vicky Fulkerson, excuse me, of the New London Day, who covers a variety of sports uh, out on the eastern part of the state, but is uh, is known as someone who really keeps track of the softball action in the state of Connecticut. So we wanted to join her to uh, talk a little bit about the softball season, which is just a week old. Vicky, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, as I said, you know we 're a week into the softball season, not too too much hopefully has changed uh, from maybe the preseason perceptions that that some teams may have had as you look kind of at the softball season, either going into it or now a week into it. Who are some of the teams uh, that you 're going to be keeping an eye on as this softball season progresses
2: well there 's been actually a couple of interesting uh, things that have happened so far in in the week because um, Waterford was, uh the, Waterford was ranked eighth in the preseason, but that was kind of based on their success in the past. And last year they had the Gatorade Connecticut Player of the Year in Kelly Connors. She was a pitcher, an All-State pitcher, um, who had won a couple state titles for them. And she graduated, and their All-State shortstop graduated. So they were eighth, but they they probably weren't ready to be eighth sure (laughs) and they they they're the defending champion in the in the eastern connecticut conference large division but it it seems like you know oh they kind of lost their mystique a little like they they lost on they they lost their opener to north kingstown rhode island four to two and uh the the waterford coach liz sutman was she was like sort of beside herself but knew that it was only the first game and you know they were gonna get better, but was still like, oh, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so yesterday I went to see them play uh, Norwood Tree Academy because it, it would it would be the first time I saw Waterford play, and NFA was two and O to start the season, and they're in the same division.
3: Sure. So
2: it, it was like you know supposed to be a really good game, and all of a sudden Waterford came up with twenty hits yesterday. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so I guess they're not as bad <laughs> as uh, they were on Friday. Um, they they generated some excitement. They they put the ball in play. They took extra bases. They made the team make errors. They they did all the little things that they're known for in the past. But they had to pl- you know plug those different kids in.
3: So sure.
2: I'm I'm sure they they're gonna maybe have a couple down games or or up games. But but um, yesterday they looked really good. Um, their their starting pitcher for this year um, took a took a. Um, got hit by a pitch in her pitching hand, and has a chip fracture in her pitching hand. So they're pitching um, a sophomore and a freshman who, who don't have any varsity experience at all. So they're they're just gonna get better. So that that was kind of I don't know I was kind of surprised yesterday to see them just like you know single 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 <laughs> for for two hours yesterday. Yeah. So that that was kind of neat. Um, the Stonington has, um, they, they made it to the, to the class M quarterfinals last year. Um, they, before they lost to Seymour, which is, a, was, was a really, really good team. Um, but they, they have a pitcher. Her name is Andrea Caradillo. She's a senior this year. Last year, um, r- really early in the season, she had, um, a perfect, perfect game. She struck out all 21 batters against NSA. Um, just, Twenty one up, twenty one down, and uh, and she she got like a variety of you know media acclaim for that. She got on TV and in the paper, and people blogged about it on ESPN.com, and 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 um, I don't know if it it was maybe not fair to her to her, it was great that she got so much publication, but then she was sort of held to that standard for the rest of the season, and I don't know if she was ready for that, you know, she kind of just had to live up to it, and the coach keeps saying, like, oh, you know, she's just judged by that game, but she's more than that, you know, but, and, and like, I don't know if she was ready, She, she, you know, was, you know, she kind of, like, lost focus a couple times in games, like, if the umpire wasn't calling her pitches and stuff like that, and and uh, I saw her pitch on opening day uh last Wednesday and she struck out 16 and she seemed really focused she, she walked a couple it was about 30 degrees out yeah. um but but uh she got hit in the leg with a with a with a pitch um from the opposing pitcher it was really cold out and she still you know, hung in there and struck out 16. So I I was kind of impressed with her composure. Like I thought she did a really good job. She pitched like a senior, you know. Yeah. Like she she got herself in a couple of jams and then she got out of them, you know, herself. So I I was like pretty impressed with her. So they they're a team to watch. They they um shared the ECC medium division title with Griswold last year and they beat Griswold yesterday. So they would be probably the favorite in that division.
3: Sure. They
2: have a they have a couple good hitters um uh the the first inning the first inning opening day their shortstop her name is Ali Curioso hit a home run over the fence and nobody even came out to the plate to like mob her or anything it was just kind of like nonchalant I'm like didn't you guys even want to congratulate her and they're like oh she does that all the time <laughs> I guess she had hit a couple in the preseason so I'm sure they you know like like nobody's perfect but they they look um they they look pretty good to to start the season too. Sure. Like one of the teams to watch. So.
0: Yeah. Um you obviously mentioned some some standout players there. Who are uh maybe a few other names that that fans should keep an eye on either uh you know in your neck of the woods or or even other other you know other areas uh, around the state. Who are some of the standout players that uh that fans can be looking for as the season goes on?
2: Uh around around our area, we have um uh, we have a girl. Um, her, her name is M- Madison Hunter. She plays for East Lime. She's the shortstop for East Lime. She's played. Uh, she, she's played in the infield for East Lime since she was a freshman. And uh, this past this past soccer season, she was all state in soccer. They finished the season undefeated in soccer um, until the state semifinals. They lost, but they they had an undefeated regular season. And she she had three hits in their first game and they beat Greenwich the other day. That was a good win for them. So East Lyme is 2 and 0 and uh they they have a lot of returning players and um a, some good pitching so they're they they beat Fitch yesterday. That was a good win for them. So they're they're 2 and 0. Um and and um Madison is certainly one of our returning all uh that Waterford team um, uh, Liz, the coach plugged in three freshmen and sophomores at the top of the lineup yesterday. But the middle of her order, she has um her catcher Elena Sullivan, um and um her second baseman Caitlin Half. Um, in the middle of her order, um Caitlin Half hit almost 500 last year with over 30 RBI, and uh the, and the catcher, um is only a junior, uh, Sullivan and and she had um, like almost 30 RBI last year. So they, they have some good hitters in the middle of their lineup. Um, uh, Fitch has, um, a returning standout pitcher. Um, her name is Alana Luzio. And, uh, she, she was an all-star last year. Uh, she didn't pitch yesterday. Someone said she was hurt in their game yesterday, but she, she's their leadoff hitter. And, uh, and, and she hit probably 500 last year as their leadoff hitter, so she's a really experienced player coming back. Um, L- L- Ledger has, Ledger has a girl, um, back this year. Name, her name is Fran, Frances Shelley. Uh, uh, um, it's kind of like hard to spell
3: and <laughs> pronounce,
2: but, uh, she, she hit eight home runs last year. Every single time, like, their, their team didn't have, uh, um as great a record as they would have liked but every time a coach called in they're like um francis shelley home run it was like 300 feet away <laughs> and it, it just kept rolling and so i've i've never actually interviewed her before that's something that i want to do this year go and talk to her um because because uh, she seems like an interesting player <laughs>
3: yeah
0: um, any other sort of storylines or, or things that you're going to be, you know, keeping an eye on? Obviously, we're like we said, we're still very early in this season, and uh, still a lot can happen uh, in the next few uh, months here with the season going on. But anything that in particular that you're going to be keeping an eye on this year uh, that fans can be on the lookout for?
2: There's a, there's a couple um, really good uh, co- coaching stories um, for softball. Uh, the, the first one that comes to mind is. Um, Judy Deeb, her name is, uh, is, the, is the softball coach at East Lime. And this is her 42nd season, oh, wow. <laughs> which is kind of, you know, a long time to do anything. I guess that's a lot of infield and a lot of batting practice Absolutely. and a, a lot of bus rides. Um, uh, she is uh, she's 2-0 and to start the season, as I said before. And <clears throat> she needs um, 12 more wins to break the all-time wins record in Connecticut. Um, Lou Milardo, who coached at Hale Ray, has 552. And Judy has 541 right now, so she needs 11 to catch him and 12, and, and, uh, 12 to break the record. Um, she's in the Softball Hall of Fame in Connecticut, in the State Coaches Hall of Fame. She's won, like, everything. She won a gold key from the Connecticut Sports Writers Alliance. Like, she's she's done everything that you can do. And, and uh, now she's sneaking up on Lou. Um, to to uh, break the all-time wins record, which which she probably doesn't care about as much as I do, because I just think it's exciting, you know. <laughs>
3: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> to have you know, she she started the program there in the Title IX era. She had to, you know, file a Title IX lawsuit to get an assistant coach because baseball had like she went through the whole thing, you know. Growing up, her, her girls didn't, you know, she didn't necessarily have sports in high school, and it's just like she's like stayed the course, and it's just kind of, it's just kind of neat, you
3: know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's
2: a neat story. She she had a couple down seasons a couple years ago. They had a couple of five win seasons, and she was miserable.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so this year she has a really good team, and it's just kind of fitting that you know that that she's gonna break it, and not just like five at a time but they're going to have a really good season this year I I I think
0: sure so anytime anytime you you're talking about you know all-time records getting broken that's certainly yeah. something yeah. to uh, to enjoy <laughs>
2: 42 years yeah <laughs> um she likes to say she started when she was like 11
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then uh also uh Ledger High School um it, they they were big rivals with uh, Islam in the 90s when I first started at the paper uh the ledger coach's name was Ellen Mahoney and um, she oh, was an assistant at UConn for a couple years now. She's, she's not coaching anywhere right now. But when she was at Ledger, um, they made seven straight state championship appearances from 1990 to 96. And uh, she she made ten appearances overall and, um, and won seven titles. And uh, Ledger is naming their softball fields after her on may 4th they're dedicating it as the ellen mahoney softball complex oh wow so so that's kind of another like it's like touching you know it's like oh you know and and to try to i i wrote a blog the other day about it just trying to explain because it's been 17 years since she coached at ledger and so here's like all these high school kids who don't even know her you know sure like they weren't even born. Some of them when she last coached at Ledger, but she was like one of the greatest coaches, you know, in any sport ever around here. And so they're um, they're honoring her by naming the field after her, but by naming their complex after her, um, which is also fitting. And and uh, they were they were pretty dominant. They had the dynasty around here for yeah. uh, for quite some time. They yeah. had a hundred a hundred and five game regular season winning streak when I was covering
0: them. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that certainly uh, would be worth honoring, I would think, to, uh, for, for someone with those kind of accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, certainly uh, a lot of good stuff to keep an eye on. Uh, Vicki, we appreciate you uh, offering all your insight from the uh, from the eastern portion of our state and uh, continue to do the great job covering uh, softball and other, other high school sports for the day, and we will hopefully talk to you again soon. Thanks very much.
2: Thank you, Joel.
0: That was Vicki Fulkerson, tremendously knowledgeable from the New London Day, covers all sorts of things, and obviously knows a great deal about softball in the area, and certainly thank her for all of her perspective. Interesting note on softball, for those of you who checked out the podcast last week, we talked about the parody in the baseball championships, and we also heard about it in girls' tennis as well. In softball, we've seen a little bit of that the last couple years as well. In the past five championship seasons of girls' softball, we've only had two teams that have earned more than one championship championship so something to keep an eye on as well we move along now to our final guest of the week let's cover some girls lacrosse and to do that and get a look at the upcoming and currently underway i should say season we reached out to mary albel of the new haven register to get her perspective on the girls lacrosse season Joined on the phone now, and happy to have with us Mary Albel, who uh, covers a variety of high school sports for the New Haven Register and the uh, Minuteman paper in Fairfield uh, on a weekly basis, as well as the Minuteman Minuteman, sports blog. Um, So we thank her for joining us. We want to have her uh, come on to talk a little girls' high school lacrosse. So Mary, thanks very much for joining us.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, 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 Yeah. So we're, uh, you know,
0: just a week or so into the season here. So obviously uh, not too, too much has changed from uh, maybe what people were expecting as the season began. But one, um, well, I guess the first question would be sort of if you, you take a step back before the season started, uh, what were some of the sort of teams or, or interesting teams that you think uh, are the teams to watch coming into this girls lacrosse season?
4: You know, um, it's funny. I don't think a lot has changed um, in the past years. I think it's the same usual suspects. You have Greenwich, um, Tresher, New Canaan, Dan, um, Wilton, and then you have Staples, and kind of those teams, you know, always at the top. And that seems to be the same case this year with um, a lot of those teams off to really great starts.
0: Yeah, obviously, as uh, something I did want to. This is actually will be the tenth year of the uh, the CIAC Girls Lacrosse Championships. So, which uh, ha, have you seen any of these teams so far? The, any of those teams so far this year, and and what has jumped out or, or stood out to you as you sort of have covered that some of those perennial favorites this year?
4: Yeah, actually, on yesterday I just um, saw Staples, and you know they're a very young team, um, but they do have some great leadership and, uh senior Ryan Kushner, who's going to Colgate this coming fall, but um, I haven't had a chance to go see Darian yet or Greenwich, but, um, you know, Staples is looking good, and I think they'll be one of those teams if they can kind of get their um, rhythm going and things going. They could be a team to watch come towards the end of uh, the spring season. But, you know, again, you know, going back to those top teams, those are going to be Greenwich, um, New Canaan, Wilton, those are going to be the teams that will be there at the end. So...
0: Yeah, certainly teams that have uh, have shown that they know how to how to get it done here uh, in in the past. And mm-hmm. um, did, have you seen? Does it seem like those teams, those kind of perennial teams, have a lot of their their talent back as well this year?
4: Oh yeah, I think um, probably um, one of the top players easily is um, Olivia Hump from New Canaan. I mean, she recorded 84 goals last year, and she's heading to Princeton, and she's just, I mean, a very smart, dominant attacker and um, Darianne, they're, they're loaded. Um, you look up and down their roster and it's, um, hard to not find a superstar in their roster. I mean, you have Taylor Harbison, um, the senior, you have, uh, Jennifer, Fitts, um, Joan Schoen, um, she's only a junior and I think she's already committed to play at Stanford, but, um, it'll be interesting. I think another great storyline to see is Darianne's actually moved up from, um, class N to class L. So that'll be interesting to see, um how they fit in at the mix and compete with those teams come postseason.
1: Sure.
0: Um, you mentioned just a few uh, standout performers, you know, for some of those top teams. Who are some of the other players that maybe uh, the fans will want to keep an eye out for as the season moves forward?
4: You know, um, I watched um, Ludlow and Ward play, and it was very early in the season, but Ward has already um, won three games and um, totaled their wins from last year, and I think they're definitely a team to keep your eye on. They're a really fast and smart team. Um, somebody to watch on their team is Katie Kenny. She's just a very quick and makes great decisions on the field. Um, I think along with them, Bridgefield um, is actually coming surprised a few teams. They um, came out and beat Staples, and you know I was talking to some of the Staples players yesterday, and they were actually surprised, you know, just how how um, dominant and how well um, Ridgefield was playing early. So I think. Ward, Ridgefield, um, Ludlow's a very young team as well. They have a first-year head coach. Um, She's actually a former player from Sacred Heart. But um, Ludlow should be a team, um, again, like Staples, if they can come together, they should be a team to watch.
3: Yeah, and there's
0: certainly, uh, and and no shortage of... uh... Of you know great regular season games as well with all these teams sort of squaring off with each other pretty regularly during the regular season. Are there any other sort of interesting stories or, or players or, or things that our fans should be on the lookout for as the uh, as the season goes forward here in Girls the Cross?
4: I don't think I mean for games to watch as you were saying, you know, on Darianne and New Canaan play April twenty fifth, and the interesting thing about that is New Canaan self hosts, but they host Staples. Um, two days before that. So that'll be interesting to see how they come back from. They have two tough games. See how they handle that. And then um May thirtieth or uh, April thirtieth you have Staples and Wilton playing. That'll be another great game. And then um May seventh by Grenice and Darianne again. So, you know, those are those are some of the great games um to kind of watch and see some great players out there. So
0: yeah, definitely some uh, some high quality play uh particularly sort of in that uh, mm-hmm. that area of the state has has certainly uh dominated the uh the girls lacrosse scene we'll see if anyone can uh can come up and challenge them a little bit so mary Albel, thank you very much uh from the new haven register you can see her work there you can also uh she's one of the more uh one of the more uh frequent tweeters that i've followed here for the ciac sports you can follow her on twitter at mary Albel. so we uh mary thank you very much for joining us and we look forward to reading everything that you're going to be uh putting out throughout the spring season uh
4: thank you so much
0: We thank Mary Albel for her great perspective on the girls' lacrosse season. Sounds like it's going to be a real good one. As we said, the 10th anniversary of the CIAC Girls Lacrosse Championship this year and looking forward to an excellent season of girls' lacrosse. This spring. No, we still have a few sports we have yet to get to on the CIAC cast this spring. I haven't discussed any boys volleyball or girls golf or boys and girls outdoor track and field. We will certainly get to those in the coming weeks as well. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the CIAC cast. A little bit different topic next week, I think, but we'll keep that uh a teaser for you you'll have to find out again next week so we thank all of our guests for coming and joining us this week on the ciac cast john Reisert, the girls tennis coach at fairfield budlow and again one of our tournament directors vicky fulkerson of the new london day or excuse me yes the new london day uh, you can check out their her work at theday.com, as well as she's on twitter at vicky at the day all one word and at is spelled out in her Twitter handle. And Mary Albel of the New Haven Register. You can find her at nhregister.com. And she is also on Twitter, at Mary Albel. So be sure to check out all of their work. We greatly appreciate them joining us. And we hope you will be back next week as we continue our look around the CIAC with another edition of the CIAC cast. Thanks for joining us.